Hey, welcome back to the 400th episode of the Infest Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Daryl. And uh, as you heard me say already, this episode 400, mofos. I guess I sh- should I use the term mofo? Am I allowed to say mofo? Is that like some kind of cultural appropriation in these these days? You're allowed to say anything you want. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Anyway, yes, this is our much ballyhooed, long-awaited, yet still late, four <laughs> hundredth episode. Uh, I'm apologizing. We were recording this on Labor Day, Monday, the fourth of September. Um, so, if you're listening to this, it is a few days late. It's up on Tuesday. Um, thank you all for putting up with us for all these episodes and all these years. We appreciate you so much. Um, we've got something kind of fun today um, to go into, but. First, uh, Daryl, how are you? I'm doing very well, especially now that college football is officially back. Mm, yes. Overpaid amateur athletes getting getting to play a sport. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Every second of it. You'll love it. You'll love to see it. You'll love to hate it. You'll love to love it. Whatever it is. Actually, I love college football. Um. So the grandson of the guy who was the football coach at my high school is the starting quarterback for uh, for UC. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's very exciting. Yeah, his uh, his cousin was the quarterback, like you know, for the last couple of years of when I was in high school. So, um, so it's it's uh, it's pretty fun. And the biggest thing I learned from this weekend is that Colorado is going to win the national title. Oh really? Already? That's we we know this. Apparently, apparently everybody is putting bets down on them now to win the national championship. Fun, 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 fun. You know, it's uh, what are you what are you gonna do there? So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, four hundredth episode. Uh, so for this episode, I actually thought, um, a good thing to do was just kind of we each picked a couple things of like what's gone good and what's gone bad since the first episode in the infamous podcast. Um, and Daryl picked one. Actually, Daryl's is like a two parter. So it, it works. And then I, uh, I, I have mine. So we'll, we'll get to those and we're actually going to do those pretty much right up on top of the show. But before we get into that, uh, we've got a news bite. So, um, Daryl, would you like to to share the news bite that we have? Because I'm not going to be able to say it without laughing. All right. All right. Well, I to quote a couple Vince McMahon, "You're fired, CM Punk. Goodbye. You're fired. Goodbye, CM Punk. Um, yeah. So, so Phil Brooks, CM Punk." Uh, I think we talked about it last week with what he did to Jack Perry at All In. Uh, anyway, um, there was an investigation. CM Punk allegedly attacked Jack Perry backstage. Well, now we know he did because there's video proof because it's England and they record everything everywhere you are. Uh, so on Saturday, September 2nd, the morning of... All Out, which was the AEW pay-per-view this last weekend, we learned that Tony Khan had immediately terminated uh, Phil Brooks for cause, um, which the cause was assaulting 
Jack Perry, um, and, you know, kind of making it a dangerous environment for people to be around him. This is not the first fight. Um, the whole thing with the Young Bucks from last year at All Out or Brawl Out, if you will. Um, he's had run-ins with multiple wrestlers. He's told people that they can't come on collision. He tries to con- he tried to control collision. Now, I'll say this. I was super excited two years ago when he came back. And I was yeah. at I was at that first show that he spoke at in Cincinnati after All Out, or um, the first the first All Out that he returned to, um, and it was amazing. Like it was so hopeful and it was great. And he said all the right things. He's like, "I'm here to put the young guys over. I'm here to like be a mentor and I'm here to learn and teach and and all of that." And it's like, what what, what went wrong? I, I don't know if, again, based on what happened with WWE and just some of the things that have gone on over the years with him and from what other people talk, again, if a, everybody is talking about, and I don't, when I say everybody, I don't mean people on one side. I mean people that have a good reputations. Right. I mean people that are easy to work with and... You know, people love working with them and talking to them. I don't mean just people that are, you know, vindictive and all that stuff. When you find that everybody has a problem with you, mm-hmm. it's about time to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Maybe it's it's me. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I mean, in the modern parlance, if everyone is always an asshole, you're the asshole. Yeah. So I here here's the thing is. I, I can, I can like, you know, the, the guys who are kind of like a pain in the ass backstage who, who do really well in everything in the ring mm-hmm. and they're fun to watch. Like Shawn Michaels in the late eighties and early nineties, right? He was a pain in the ass. He was on drugs. He was just, you know, just constantly a problem, but he delivered in the ring. CM Botch on the other hand, <laughs> like could barely like do a clothesline without botching it or getting hurt. Um, and, and so I, I just, I don't think the, the, the quote juice was worth the squeeze with him this time around. Um, obviously after seven years, he lost a huge step. I mean, his wife, mm-hmm. when, when she guest starred in that episode of heels said as much, um, <laughs> but it's, it's just, he's, I'm afraid he's got a mental illness that he either hasn't diagnosed or he's not properly treating. And what I really, really want to see for him is for him to retire, him to go get any kind of help that he actually needs and to live a happy and healthy life. Yeah. that That's, yeah. that's the best way for this story to end. But he's not going to do that because he's going to come out. He's going to say something awful. And he's going to start talking shit about this. And you know what? I am not a Triple H fan at all. But like I feel like I owe Triple H an apology for some of the stuff that I said when I took Punk's side in that initial uh, kerfluffle when he got fired from WWE. Yeah, yeah, it's like I said, it's like you said about the asshole mm-hmm. part. Everybody in in a situation where you're in the center of the drama, everybody else is not the asshole. Mm-hmm. You're the asshole. Right. Right. And so I have um 
in the show notes, I have an article from the Wrestling Observer. Um, and it actually leads to Brian Alvarez and, and um, Dave Meltzer actually talking about the termination and everything. And one of the interesting takeaways is Meltzer actually apologized because, like, there's a part where he says CM Punk lunged at Tony Khan and and he's he said he was uh, he said throughout this whole ordeal you and I were too kind to him. Um, Meltzer said regarding the Punk, I always gave him the benefit of the doubt. I always tried to give him uh, give his side when everyone didn't want to hear it. Lunging was again far too kind. I was toning it down. It was more than lunging. And this is at Tony Khan that they're talking about here, not some other wrestler. The billionaire owner of AEW. The guy who is such a huge fan of CM Punk, he brought him in and he put up with his shit for two years. Yeah, that I mean that. You know, it's and again, it's not necessarily with Tony Khan, but it's with me as a wrestling mm-hmm. fan. You know, it's like that whole fool me once, shame on you; fool me twice, shame on me. Like the first time with this whole thing with Punk, you know, again, I wasn't into the wrestling scene like you. At the, you know, the obviously the pipe bomb was epic. So, and okay, I have a hot take on that, but go ahead, finish. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know that you know I didn't the political the political aspects behind it, whatever was going on backstage, you know, I I wasn't necessarily privy to. Right. Unlike now that I do keep up and i've actually kind of gone back and looked at stuff about mm-hmm. stuff with punk and because like you i was i was kind of excited when he came back to to aew yeah or when he came to aew i, I mean se- seven years ago he was great he was a great wrestler when he before he went yeah, away ab- there, I mean, he really I mean, was look at, the, look at look at the highlights i mean he had it, a different move set every week it was it was he was he was really good and for like the shortcomings right. he had as an athlete, he made up for it with like just working hard and, you know, right. like Miz levels of work rate. And, yeah, you know, um, but no, I think in retrospect, when we look back at this, the pipe bomb was a call for help. It, it was, I it mean, was, honestly, it was a cry reaching not- out. Somebody help me. I am, I am deeply unhappy. I'm deeply unwell. And can someone please, please do something for me? You know what? I don't. I actually don't think that's necessarily a hot take. I mean, that like looking back now. Yeah, after, it's only with hindsight. What's happened, yeah, not just what happened with this week or last week, but yeah, what happened with the young bucks and every everything put together. And then you look at that, and you look at when it happened. It absolutely, I think it could. It, I, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's yeah. a hot take. I think that actually makes sense. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, at, at the end of the day. You know, it's uh, his time's up. I, I, I really would hope he would retire, and uh, and like I said, like find something that makes him happy. Get get some help. Be a better person. Yeah. You yeah. know, to quote to to quote Joey Joey Swole, be better. Yeah. <laughs> Or do better. Yeah. I forget which one he says. Yeah, do better. Do and better. mind your own business. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Here's the thing. His oh, real, just real quick. His legacy uh-huh. is only going to continue to be tarnished by him opening his mouth. Yes. So if and, he goes away yes. and just doesn't say anything and just fades in the distance, he this is a, a a tiny footnote in a twenty plus year career that has more highs than lows. 
Mm-hmm. Right. But as a AEW fan and wrestling fan, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, good luck in your future endeavors, Philip. Um, hopefully, you you get get what you need. And honestly, I bid the you last good luck in the wars to come, good fortune in the wars to come. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I want to go that far, but. Um, but no, because I I just feel like the way he reacts to things. He's either going to hurt or kill someone in the ring because of a tantrum. And he just needs to not be in the wrestling ring. Yeah. So. Yes. Just be gone. Just be gone. It no longer is. It was. All right. So let's move on to happier topics. The uh, The 400th episode. Super exciting. Thank you all for joining on this joining us on this magical ride. The last three years have been a blast with Daryl. Um, I can't believe it's been three years. Uh, <laughs> but so Daryl, um, so I, when we were trying to figure this out, I was like, hey, let's think of something good that's happened and then something that we're not super psyched about that's happened since the podcast started. And I, yours was actually great. I, I, like, I, I hadn't even thought of it. Um, because it's been going since 2008 and we've only been around since 2015, but the rise and the fall of the MCU is great. That's a great topic. Please speak. Yeah. It's so again, even before this, this was pre infamous, but Iron Man, you know, going to see, you know, hanging out, going to see Iron Man. That was that first, you know, the first foray into the MCU. Well, and, and our first foray it, to like being friends too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I mean, we'd only known each other what a couple years. Yeah, not like, even. I mean, like, I mean, really, just a few yeah. months, probably. Because you no, know, it was uh, two thousand five, well, and because oh, yeah, we yeah, went yeah, to yeah. go see. That's yeah. Right. We uh, was it like we went to was it three hundred or the Transformers we went to go see. Oh, we went to Transformers. Went to see- we did. Um, we did Scott Pilgrim. But I think it was after Iron Man. But that Scott was Pilgrim, that was the Scott double Pilgrim feature. Was, yeah, yeah, that was two thousand nine. So I but, guess like yeah, yeah this I was, guess it had been a couple years. So we we made this thing where like every summer we would take a day off and go to like one of the cool yeah. movies coming out, and obviously Iron Man was the one we were going to do in two thousand eight. Right, and that was such a great start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, you had the a couple months later. I think you had Incredible Hulk, but the MCU started off like gangbusters mm-hmm. and again that doesn't mean it was you know comic accurate everything from head to toe however everything to me was the b- beginning especially the first movies the, what i mean first movies iron man right captain america which is still on the first avenger is an underrated movie the first thor which i still love for its shakespearean qualities mm-hmm. iron man 2 was a little bit of a was was a hiccup it wasn't terrible but it was that bump in the road it was like whatever you know look at everything else that happened and then we get the the first team up with the avengers and again they were doing things and creating this world that had not been done before and that first phase leading into the like you know doing movies in phases like all these four or five movies each phase or what have you back then it was four or five right and then getting into phase two where they just ramped everything up uh, ignoring the disappointment for me that was Iron Man 3, think of what you had then. You had the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. 
the first Guardians movie. Yeah, you had a hiccup with Thor, the Dark World. But then you had and you had kind of like a hiccup with Avengers Age of Ultron. Although I will say when I watch that now, there are some really good elements in it. It's just it did not come together like it should have. Right. But again, Winter Soldier is one of my favorite movies. Like, yeah, just Guardians is still in, in my top five. Yeah, Guardian yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, still incredible now mm-hmm. to this day. So they and again, you were talking about CM Punk were more hits than misses. You know, up until Infinity War, it was more. It was many more hits than misses, right. and it was just it was one of those things where it was like you could. There were some issues. For example, we would talk about it here and there when we were talking about okay. It's a little too much. Let the let the scene breathe. Don't put humor in everything, right. you know. But still, the fact of the matter was, we were seeing something we had not seen before in movies. Yes, we've ha- we've had franchises, we had sagas like Star Wars, the pre the original trilogy, then the prequel trilogy. But we didn't have anything where, where it was an interconnected world so well, so right. interconnected right. like this with. Not just a franchise with the same care with different characters. You had Captain America, you had Iron Man doing their own adventures, you had Thor doing his own adventures. Then you introduced for many people, including myself, Guardians of the Galaxy, which you know I knew about. You know, I particularly knew about Drax because of the whole Thanos thing. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, oh, I'd seen them. I had no idea who they were. Right. But they made it work, and it was. It was. It's one of those things where you look at something and it's like, man, this they're just, they just they're just going to keep going. They're they're just going to keep going. They've done it in a way that they're too big to fail. Right. And then, especially particularly when you see what they did with Infinity War. Right. A culmination of ten years, and just that in itself. If it, again, I know hindsight. And I know that there have been a couple movies since then that have been that I've really, really loved. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, if they would have stopped with Infinity War, like this, it, it would have been, and maybe come back five years, literally five years later. Just think of that, right? Like, just think of what we what what it would be said for the MCU. What may perhaps the greatest ten years of a movie saga in the history. Right. Of movies. Yeah. And, you know, that that was the rise. You know, like, even though I loved Endgame, Infinity War was absolutely the pinnacle of the MCU. And that was, you know, it was the mountaintop. Right. And getting there was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree completely. I, I think, you know, it was uh, quite the quite the ride. I mean, just think, like you were talking about, we would take days off or, yeah, I, for the first one, Avengers, I, I took a half day from yeah. work and I just went, you know, but you know, taking days off for movies it, and just that anticipation that they did such a great job giving us that anticipation because they delivered more right. often than not, they delivered. Yeah. Yeah. And then they give us Infinity War and it's like, my goodness. What do they have next? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we all know what happens after that. Right. 
Yes, we do. I mean, I like to pretend like it ended with Infinity War and Thanos won. Yeah, that's. I mean, to be honest, like, I I think even I, like I know everybody kind of nerded out over Endgame, but I thought Infinity War was a much better movie. I I mean, I don't even think there's a, co- a conversation as far as what's the best movie of the two. Yeah, like. I, I will say in-game had more spots. Mm-hmm. Like, and when I say spots, like, you know, we were talking about wrestling. You know, you have, you have one match where it's great match psychology mm-hmm. and just, it's just great move after great move. But then you have another match, which is not as good wrestling psychology, yeah. but the spots are just death defying and insane. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't have fun with that, that, you know, that one, the spot fest as we call it. But overall, from a storytelling perspective, from the way it's constructed, that match with less spots but more solid storytelling, yeah, with doing its own, but with still great action, I'm going to take that ten times out of ten. Hmm. Every day. But, yeah, yeah, and, no, uh, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah. So, so do you, sorry, go ahead. Did you want to go over your 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 rise, or do you want me to go to the negative aspects? Oh, go to the negative the aspects. Part. We'll yeah, we'll just okay. stick with it. All right. So, again, when you get to the mountaintop, there's only there's only one way to go, right? And it's down. Again, and. That doesn't mean that this, you know, when once when they fell off that mountaintop, yeah, they hit all they hit they hit a lot of rocks on the way, but they hit you know they hit hit a couple other smaller peaks. It, it, it's not it's not fair to say that since Infinity War everything's been bad because it hasn't. Hmm. You've had the Spider Man movies, Far From Home, uh, No Way Home, which I which I still love, Guardians Volume Three, which I love, and you have a couple which are. Oh, at best that are mid but fun like i you know i don't i might not like the guy simu liu but i thought shang chi for example was fun mm-hmm. uh, black panther was a lot better than i thought it still wasn't good but it was better than some of the other stuff but then you look at the tv shows and other than the exception which had its own issues which was wandavision I and some good things about Hawkeye, the MCU TV shows have been unmitigated disasters. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing it that follow up, that plus just like bland writing in their movies, plus their stars and their producers bumping their gums and showing that their diversity and equity and inclusion are more important than a good story and good characters. You see the results. People don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I, I, I try, I give it, you know, I, I watch Thor dumb and blunder and I give it, you know, I say, okay, I want to see what happens here because I love, I love Ragnarok. I'm a huge Chris Hemsworth fan. Let's see what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I I watch a, a Loki season one. I watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I try 
secret invasion even though by by secret invasion I, i'm almost checked out i can't finish that i try with miss marvel one episode i'm yeah. done i try she hawk terrible consistently bad and one of the things with that we've seen because we've talked about all this over and you know over these past few years when you look at the writing credits it's not just that you know they, they're putting the dni number one instead of a good story you can see it by who they're hiring. These, like the people that they are hiring, look at their writing credits. They don't have any. They don't have any experience, and they're diversity hires for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that shows with the lack of quality in the writing, the directing, and everything that's come—or not everything, but so much of what's come in the last few years. And it's so disappointing because you had Infinity War, and it was such a high. Right. And it. And, a, and it's fine if you say, okay, you can't get higher than that. That's fine. Like we talked about Endgame. Endgame had its issues, but Endgame was good. And you have, you have No Way Home. You have Guardians 3. So you have the, you know, the good sprinkled in with the very, very bad. And that's unfortunate from and, – and it's, it's – I, like, I liken it to Star Wars, which surprisingly it's not – it's – they're both run by the same company right. under the same umbrella, Disney, and they're both having the same issues. These diversity characters that have, and these writers that don't have the ability or the will to write good, strong, solid characters. Instead, it's about the color of their skin or about whether they're a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And they're, and again, anyone who who looks at this objectively, who takes away any type of, you know, bias, you can't deny that. Right. You, you, there's just no. There's there's no, this is not an argument over. You know, I, I disagree with this. Now, if you can disagree, if you like something, okay, that's fine. Right. But the direction you cannot disagree with because there's it, it's on it's 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 cut and dry. It's absolutely cut and dry. You see it in Star Wars. You see it in the MCU. Mm. And that's why these movies, movie after movie, like the garbage that was Mania, that's why these movies yeah. are taking a dump at the box office. I mean, like you could almost call this the fall and fall of DC. <laughs> the DC <laughs> DCEU. That's, but, yeah. Yes. I, and, and it's funny you said that because I, as just as I was saying that, I'm thinking of Blue Beetle. I'm thinking of that god-awful flash movie mm-hmm. oh my god the and, flash was so bad so i know we didn't so talk it, about it like and neither one of us saw it in the theater um but we both watched it on max like the first weekend it was out and it was yeah. god-awful but here's I, the I'm thing not joking. as bad as that is as bad as the flash is right like of the like I didn't see Quantum Mania. I didn't see Shang-Chi. I didn't see you know any of that stuff even though I have access to Disney through you. Like I still mm-hmm. am not going out and watching it. But when it came to the Flash, it's like I could not help myself. I needed to torture myself. Yeah. And that ties into one of my things. So um But no, I I I think you know, and, and again, I think the other, my, my kind of like downfall ties into the fall of the MCU as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, but your, your point, the point that you made a little bit ago, 
is when you look at the credits for the people who are creating and running these shows, they haven't done any work in the industry. And that's not to say, like, George Lucas was a fresh-faced young film school graduate at one point. And you have to take a chance on people with no credits. But you yes. have to yes. have people around them who understand the process. And more importantly, you cannot have people who hate actively hate the properties. Yes. Two things with that. You're absolutely right. You have to set when pe- you have to take chances on people. Like when you talk about football and quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, what do they talk about? They say setting them up for success mm-hmm. by your play calling, by the pieces you have around them, and by the coaching. So if you have a young writer and you but you have a producer or an EP or someone else who is very experienced and has a good direction, you can work with that inexperience. But when you tell you give them full reins and then you the direction that you go is antithetical to everything you else you've done beforehand and this is not just the MCU this is not just DC this is a bigger problem and I know you're going to talk about it in from one media but I see it in other you lord the the rings of power oh my god awful yeah. Uh, you have Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. awful. You have what they did with The Witcher, awful. Because they are, and this is another aspect of they think they know better. So when you were talking about George Lucas and giving him a chance, and he proved with Star Wars what he can do right? as far as a creating a world. But that now you have people who come in and think they know better than the source material, yeah. who think they... Or they for completely forget aspects of what make, got them here in the first place when I'm talking about the MCU and the right. movies and what they did with these movies. It's just they're, they're lose, they've lost their direction in entertainment, and it's more about scoring points with diversity and inclusion in a lot of in most, is most in most instances, instead of saying, "You know what? Let's do a kick-ass story. Let's do some kick-ass characters." And I know people who have listened to us will know know this because we brought when we bring examples of this up we bring this example up all the time i should say and that is warrior nun yep that was a movie or a show show. where you had female characters who were at the forefront who were awesome because one they were interesting characters and this is a big one not just for female characters but this is the issue with most many female characters now they were flawed they, you know, they weren't at the top of their game, especially the main character. She was in part in, in times unlikable. And mm-hmm. uh, again, I didn't watch Clone Wars as much as you, but you mentioned Ahsoka. When she comes in, she was made to be an unlikable character, but you see her built up to what she became at the end of the series. Right. And we, we've lost that in entertainment. It's as if they're afraid of making a uh, female character vulnerable and flawed. Yeah. So that's a bigger thing, you know, trying to get back. But but again, this is a lot something we see in the MCU. We see it with Captain Marvel. We see it with, again, as much as I like WandaVision, Wanda was the villain and she never really pays for what she does, the torture she put these people through. Right. These, this this right. small town. She never pays for that. She it's more about and then uh what's her name? Uh Monica Rambeau or yeah. 
tries to sympathize with her pain instead right. of the 3,000 plus people that were in pain for a week or so not sleeping right. because this woman took them over. Yeah. No accountability. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad thing because it started off and we, we I, I won't, I'm not the person that says, you know, like when people say D- Disney ruined Star Wars, they mo- they ruined the modern iteration of Star Wars, but they didn't ruin Star Wars for me. I still have the expanded universe. I still have the original trilogy that mm-hmm. I can watch over and over again. Hell, I'm re- rereading books right now of yeah. the expanded trilogy. I mean, so there's comics, there's cartoons, there's video games of Star Wars that are yeah. far superior to anything that Disney put out. But yeah, yes. no, you're not wrong about any of this. cool yes all right well i'm gonna be less (laughs) long-winded as you are for mine get me out of get me out of this like cave this valley that i'm in right now so talk about something positive i'm gonna i'm gonna do my positive and my is this is my favorite thing that's happened um actually since 2014 is that john wick became a genre unto itself so I, I've been saying this for a few years now. Like this isn't this isn't something new or, or anything like this. But like without John Wick, we don't get Mr. Nobody. We don't get Atomic Blonde. We don't get the accountant. Um the Mission Impossible sequels have been influenced by John Wick. Daredevil's uh Marvel's Daredevil, the one on Netflix, The Punisher, both of those were were definitely influenced by John Wick. The John Wick sequels, mm-hmm. obviously, right? So, and then, like, there's this whole string of, like, Korean films. And, like, you look at a movie, like, Bullet, and I know I'm talking super fast. Uh, You look at, like, something like Bullet Train, right? Mm -hmm. Bullet Train is definitely influenced by John Wick. Oh, Um, absolutely. You know, and not just because, um, is it Chris, David Letched was the the director, I think. Um, But, you know, it's it's funny because... Like there's all these other movies. Like the, remember the replacement killers or the raid uh, or the raid sequel yeah. man on fire. Um, these are all very like John wick esque <laughs> movies, but like they predate John wick. So they're not like kill bill. Um, yeah. But I mean, even well, but I'm like you sure. look when, at when did the first equalizer come out. Uh, it was 2014. Right it was right around John. Wick. Okay. But like the thing is, is like, you you don't get movies like Anna or Peppermint or you know some of these um what was the one uh, um with, what was it? with uh, Jessica Chastain uh Ava Ava right yeah Ava and yeah, Anna Gunpowder Milkshake uh, yeah. on Netflix so um yeah it, and it's just like like Anna I think is a really good example she's this woman who's like a model that they train to be a, an assassin type thing like. You know, it's it's just I don't know. I I, I enjoy yeah. the movies. Um, they're dumb fun. They're also yeah. movies that uh, <laughs> that in a way are, are great because like they make me like actors like Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> who I don't yeah. really care for. Um, but at at the end of the day, you know, Keanu just like he did with the matrix changing science fiction, changed action movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you meet him at, yeah, when you're getting married and you meet him oh, at a hotel, yeah. you know, he'll attend your wedding, get a suit on. Well, okay. Did you see the picture of him wearing the quote unquote suit? 
Yeah, that wasn't a suit. He looked like a homeless person. Yeah, that, like, that wasn't he, a suit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's nothing wrong with that. Um, because he's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So, um, but no. So I mean, for me, that that's just been great because one, I love that martial arts. Um, do you remember the movie Equilibrium with Christian Bale, like pre Batman? Yes. Okay. So that's very much like they 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 made their own martial art called Gun Kata, and and this is what John Wick practices. <laughs> yeah, he really does. So, uh, but. But yeah, it, it's just been it's been so refreshing to see not just men, not just women, like but just strong getting strong characters. Like the one um Ava with um Jessica Chastain, right? That's a really good just like assassin spy movie and you know, she gets her ass whooped a few times. Red Sparrow. That was the yeah. other one. With oh, Jennifer Red Sparrow. With, yeah, with Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, that Red Sparrow was the um, the prequel to um, Black Widow. Yes, it really was. But, Absolutely um, was. But like, take the hallway fight in in Marvel's Daredevil, right? That that is that could be plucked from any of the John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, you, you're looking at how the, the the people are fighting and and the way they're shooting and like holding their guns and coming around corners now and like how like yeah. how these uh, directors and, and DPs and and you know just kind of set people are are making sure these actors are getting trained in how properly to hold and handle firearms and things like that. Yes, my another, favorite. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I was just going to say another one. We uh, is the. You know, extraction movies. That's yeah. Another oh, one. yeah. Extraction. Yeah, that was uh, that was another one I forgot. Um, another Chris Hemsworth thing. But like my favorite scene in all of the John Wick stuff is in the second movie when he goes and uh, <laughs> he goes to the sommelier at the at the yeah. Continental in in in, the, in Rome, and you know he's a gun sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> like and they're going through and he's like well you know i have something full-bodied for you and just the kick that you need for the end of the night you know um and then like when it comes to the knives like it's such a it's such an inventive scene and you know it's such a ridiculous world where everyone is in is is a part of the the underground it seems um but yeah it's just you know and, and i i can even forgive john wick four for being nine ninety seven hours long um, I mean, not really gonna forgive it, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, he's still falling down the steps. By the way, I mean, he's been falling for years. <laughs> but yeah, so so there's that. Like for me, I, I feel like that's been a very positive thing because it's taken the comic book influence. It's influenced some of the comic book stuff as well. Um, but it, it it's taken the action genre and and made it something just a little different. It was, and again, you could say it, it was, if you look back, and, and again, I'm not just talking about some of the older, you know, kung fu movies, but you had, like you mentioned the replacement killers, and you mentioned the raid, and, and it was, this has been kind of evolving, and then you had take the Taken movies, yeah. but I think John Wick was, put all of that stuff together that came before it. Even equilibrium, like mm-hmm. you say, because it was absolutely gung fu that gun kata, as they called it, 
and it made it into uh, for Dragon Ball Z fans like right. the perfect cell yeah, form. Right. <laughs> Equilibrium. If you have not seen Equilibrium, it's um, I don't know where it's streaming it, right now. I know I bought it. So. I bought it too. I, bought I mean, it. I think yeah. I have, yeah so. So I think I have it on Blu-ray and on like from Apple TV or whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those one of those great um, movies out there. Let's see, Christian Bale. I was actually looking forward to. Yeah, I just I just went to just watch. I'm gonna see where it's. Uh, uh, it it says uh, Pluto TV. Oh, okay. Free. So yeah, it's free on Pluto. Um, but you can buy it on. Oh, Prime, it's on Voodoo, stars. TV, it's on stars. If, oh, it is. If you have a stars subscription, you can watch it. Um, okay. But it's. I mean, it's a fun movie. It's. It's weird. Um, when he's got the kitten and he puts the gun to the kitten's head, and you know he's not going to kill it. Yeah. But like, it was. Yeah. It was still pretty cool. Um. Oh, the other one, Upgrade. I know it's a little bit of a different <sighs> like take, but Upgrade is very John Wick. Yes. Um. You know, and and it's that kind of stuff. Um, also, the Kingsman movie uh, that came out like I, yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it it has it has those elements of yeah. John Wick with the now. This is the Kingsmen are a little bit more fantastical though. Yeah, yeah they it it is definitely a little bit more fantastical. John Wick is more like those John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of quick camera cuts to the action, right. like on a swivel like Kingsman does, but it, yeah, again, it's, it's just another form of, like I said, that action piece perfected, which I call John Wick. Yep. 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 All right. So I'm going to move on to my, my, my sad, like what's gone bad. And for me, this is heartbreaking because it is the collapse of the modern American comics. Um, sales are way down. Like, Everything's written for a trade now. Everything's written in these weird six-issue blocks. Um, it's meant to be collected. It's just, you know, gone are, gone are like, um, well, here's the other thing. is Everything's also an event, right? And so gone are like the one to two-issue kind of stories that are just kind of to reset from any kind of event. But we just go from event to event to event to event to event to event to event. Um you know, the other big thing is these variant covers. Like every book has like 40 oh, variant geez. covers now. And yes. as a collector, you know, I, like I had to reconcile years ago. Like, am I going to be a completionist or am I just going to be, I'm going to have every, uh, an issue from every story in the line. Right. And right. I, I get caught up in the variant buzz. Like I love, I love the Scotty Young Marvel uh, variant covers. And when I was reading Star Wars comics, I got, I would only get the cover that was the action figure covers. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Um, but like variants killed it. All the events carried it, killed it. Like all these new token and you can get mad at me if you want, but all these new token characters, um, you know, miles, he's called miles Morales. Nobody calls him Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But he is a token ultimate Peter Parker, um, and you know I, I I know we disagreed, and, and you like the character, and and I think the character started strong, but then got really weak really fast. Well, that's 
I was about to say, you're the one that got me in on him. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he, cause he started out so great. And then yeah. they like, cause it looked like they were going to make something cool out of him. And then it's like, no, he's just a half black, half Hispanic Peter Parker. There's nothing, yeah, it, there's it, nothing it, original yeah. about the character. Now, like you take Miguel O'Hara, who is Spider-Man 2099, just happens to be Hispanic. That has nothing to do with the rest of the character. Yeah. But everything about Miles is built around his blackness, which is like, okay, well, what about his Latino-ness? You know, um, that gets brushed under the rug constantly. Um, you know, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan is a total token character. Um, mm -hmm. Anytime they, they reboot or renew a character, uh, if it's a ginger, there is a black Wally West now. Why? Uh, yeah. Right? Um, you know, and, and so they go through and they change these leg legacy characters. Uh, uh, Iceman, who for, for you know, what, 50 40, years, 50 was, years. was uh, the straight guy, comic relief womanizer on the X-Men, is like, oh, but Brian Michael Business was having a moment where he was bi-curious or something, so he made a character gay, and he just happened to choose Bobby, Bobby Drake. Like, I, I feel like there's so many self-inserts with just like with what happens with the MCU is happening with comics. You have people who have no business in the medium writing. And the, mm -hmm. the fun thing about comics is you can take that Robert, and not to say that Robert Kirkman hasn't turned into a total fuckhead himself, but like you can take that Robert Kirkman route and you can write the first six issues, issues of The Walking Dead and you can go and you can put that on Diamond and you can call every comic story that you know or have ever seen or heard about and be like, hey, you need to pick up this book. Uh, your fan, like your your the people who shop there are gonna like it, um. But yeah, and here's the thing, is looking looking at all of this, with DC, the fall of DC Comics, can directly be pointed back to Flashpoint, mm -hmm. and it's so funny that like with the movie with Flash, the movie is Flashpoint, but so watered down in 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 distilled of any of the the life and and fun and and you know creativity that came from the the flashpoint series and then they took the two best mini series from flashpoint um project superman and the batman comic and they turned project superman into an identity politics you know weird perv thing with the 18 year old Barry uh, and, and Supergirl. And then they took Batman, which Thomas Wayne became Batman because Bruce died and he created Gotham to become a game preserve for him to hunt bad people, even though he was awful because he murdered everybody. And then Martha Wayne mm -hmm. became the Joker because she lost her gosh darn mind. Right. Yeah. Um, they took those two stories they, they reduced one to identity politics, girl power, and they reduced the other to nostalgia bait that made zero sense. There's yes. no way that, that the Michael Keaton Batman that we see when we first meet him survives the, the initial incursion into Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, but like, so, but Flashpoint was what created the new 52. 
And the new 52 is when they came in and they're like, all right, we're going to get rid of a bunch of characters. We're condensing the entire 75-year timeline of DC into five years. And, oh, yeah, we're rebooting everything except for Batman and except for Green Lantern. So um, Dick Grayson through Damian Wayne, all of those Robins existed in the span of five years. And it's just an internship program now. Um, and with Green Lantern, the War of Light, Parallax, all of that, how Jordan turning bad happened within the span of five years. But Superman got depowered, became kind of a little bitch, lost his wife. You know, that was the other thing. They took away all the, the, the wives and, you know, significant others from these characters. Everyone's parents are dead now. It, it's just like they, they, they took all the good, interesting things and made and just made everybody have the same backstory. So nobody was interesting anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's just from DC, right? So looking at Marvel, they went with the all new, all different Marvel where they like, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed some of all new, all different, but I recognize how it broke Marvel and how it, and what it did coming out of AVX. You had X-Men schism and like some of this stuff was really cool. You had battle world. And then two years later, it's all new, all different where, um, because, straight white male characters all of a sudden became problematic and they had to make Falcon into Cap Falcon. You had to make Cyclops a, a, a mutant terrorist. Why? So Jean Grey could be the leader. You know, you go and you retcon all this stuff that Jean never actually loved Scott. She loved beast. Like, it's like, what are you, what? No, like why? Um, and then you have all these people who are just self-inserting themselves into yeah. characters. There's a thing we talk about when you're talking about brainstorming. Mm -hmm. about It doesn't matter what. That no idea is a bad idea. Except for if you work for Marvel and DC, apparently. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. There... This this it, it, it goes to another point about the oversight yeah. of these companies, right. because we, we've talked about movies where I've watched movies and I and I have to I, I, I actually I was actually said out loud a couple of times. The Flash is another a, a great example of this. How in the hell did this get made with right. this script? Right. Like, how is there not a story editor or executive producer or someone that reads that and says, what the fuck are you trying to do? That makes no sense. Right. And you see it in comics. You see it in other media. You, and you see it everywhere now. TV shows, movies. And a lot of times, you know, we're because we're about the genres, we see this more in that. Yeah. We see this more in, like I mentioned, oh, yeah. The Rings of Power, The Wheel of Time, Marvel, DC, all of these type of movies. We see that because we're into that genre space. Mm -hmm. But I know it happens in other, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I see it in other places too, but this is the thing when we're talking about these, it's you're, I mean, and you mentioned how, you know, it was the fall starting with DC, starting with flashpoint. One of the things that people like you hear these newer age writers say is, you know, wanting to be creative or, you know, expand our creativity, things like that, where they don't understand is if you're working within a constraint mm -hmm. of, canon that forces you to be more creative than making your own right. shit yeah then just that absolutely forces you to be creative 
Yeah, it, it, it does because it doesn't let you just self-insert yourself and change yes. everything that's fundamentally interesting about a character. So, yes. All right. Uh, honestly, in the last 400 episodes, there's been so much fun stuff that we've covered and, and so much cool yes. stuff. Um, all right, let's move on to we're just going to speed around this because we're at 51 we're at 52 minutes um so that new 52 huh <laughs> um i'm putting 52.00 as the timestamp. anyway all right so we're gonna we're gonna go through episode five of heels episode eight the finale of justified and episode three of ahsoka uh, we're just going to rapid fire this. So Daryl, out of five, is Crystal really going to screw the DWLs? What do you give uh, episode five? Who the hell is the condemned? Four, 4.25. Great. I went with 4.55. I thought it was a great episode. Um, more Mike O'Malley, please. So in this episode, a mysterious new wrestler surges in popularity in Duffy, igniting Gully's ire. He demands the DWL make an appearance at Florida Wrestling Dystopia to make amends. Jack asks Stacy to take on more responsibility at the Dome. Um, so interesting things about this episode. Everything about FDW was cool. Or FWD. F, mm -hmm. yeah, FWD was cool. Um, seeing all the cool professional wrestlers that we like as like kind of extras, uh, yeah. around the ring was great. Gully is awesome. And, uh, I, I kind of want to change my ringtone to Mike O'Malley, Malley saying, Oh, Julio. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I want more Gully 100% on this show. Uh, Willie is human garbage. I think we're going to like, We've already watched episode six, but we're not re we're not gonna do that today. Um, but as we learn more about Willie, Willie, she is uh, yeah, is human trash, um, a hundred percent. We also are gonna learn some really cool stuff about Wild Bill. Um, I liked the the whole thing where it opened with the streaming service, like talking about wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. But let's be honest. Uh, Wrestling makes way more, like as a whole, makes way more than one point one billion dollars. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was more. that was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. What'd you think? Yeah, I, 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 I like the part about you know you were like that last part when you're talking about or not talking about, but the summary where it mentions you know Stacy's getting more involved in things and. Stacy's catching stuff, and, and again, keeping with this episode, she sees something from Willie where you know it's mm -hmm. very questionable things. You know that adds on to our thoughts on Willie, who you know I. She's had some really good moments, Willie. I've I've never trusted or really liked her as a good, not as a good character because she's a good character, she's interesting, but as a good person on the show, I've I've always questioned that right. and. Yeah, that question has been answered pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, I do like how uh, while Bill had to come out and say, "Tell everybody it's the condemned." Mm -hmm. Okay, and that, you know, like, that makes damned. Con goes like damned. Like that makes no sense. Well, and I think the this episode I like Gully more, even though he's still a prick. Yeah, like there's something I like Gully because I he's like, a prick. Yeah, I mean, again, 
there there's a levels of prickishness that I I like then it falls off it's it's like overkill but there's something about this episode I did like more of him uh I I don't know what it is but I, you know again like I said I like Marco Malley but like just him the character itself is like one of the this episode I probably liked him more in this episode than any other one Right. And I, I did like seeing like we, we saw Jordan Grace, we saw Serena D, we've yep. already saw, um, you know, um, crap, AJ Lee, right? But yeah, I I'm really I really like the whole condemned story, and then you know with the whole streaming stuff, and and you see Adrian, uh, what was it, Adrian Chase? Yep. In 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 from Arrow. Well, that was his character in Arrow. I forget yeah, what the, I know. So but, that I, I actually really like that actor. He shows up on a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's either the dumb boyfriend or um like some yeah, sort of was, weird like slick like you know, slick dude. So Yeah, he was in uh, uh unfortunately he was in She-Hulk, but Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, he, and was, he was the right. dumb guy. He's he's in the show called Sirens. It's on Hulu. Um, it was on USA. It's really good. He, I liked his character a lot. He was like the dumb cop who was dating a firefighter. Um, it, it was good. But yeah, I, I like this. I really like this yeah. episode. I mean, I've really liked this season overall. Yeah, I, I, so. I agree. All right, so moving on. It's God. I wish we had more time to talk about this, but we're gonna we're gonna speed round it. Uh, Justified City Primeval episode eight. The question. Uh, out of five, holy shit, he escaped. Four. Four. Four went, out of five. Yeah, four out of five. Uh, I went 4.235. Uh, I will say I love this finale. I thought this was an excellent finale with how finale should go. Um, and uh, to to be honest, the the ending was pretty freaking fantastic. Absolutely. So I don't want to spoil the ending. Okay. Yes. So, so, but going through the show, like Clem finally gets his and it's great with how it happens. And can we talk about uh, Boyd Holbrook's dying scene for a second? How great he was in uh, that. You, 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 you shot me. Why, yeah. why did you shoot me? <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like well, I don't know. You've threatened everyone he knows. Um, I you know for the whole series, I have loved his, his like the chemistry he and Ray, and uh, Timothy Olyphant mm-hmm. had together was just so spectacular. I yeah. loved every minute they were on screen together. Absolutely, yeah. And then how about and, how they job the Albanians out? Yeah. Like Ooh, he walked man. in there with a pistol and went full John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, it was uh it was it was a really interesting like kind of way to end it and, and go through. Um I I I you know, it makes me want more. Uh so anyway, so everything goes down. Clem uh Clement gets what he has coming to him. And, uh, you know, um, I like that he was reaching for, he thought he was reaching for a gun, but he was reaching for a cassette of his music because he's so <laughs> narcissistic. Um, you know, but that, that, that's like Ray, Rayland returns to Miami at the end and, uh, he gets offered the Miami chief deputy position 
and uh, yeah, and he he turns it down. Yeah, it it and and again, like you said, this is the way they ended this. You could absolutely they could end it here, but it is, you know, with Boyd Crowder. You could absolutely do a follow-up season. Yeah, and I'm yes. I'm curious. To oh, see you just ruined it. I wasn't going to talk about that. Oh well. Well, Boyd Boyd shows up in the episode. We'll just leave it yeah. at that. Um. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a good finale. Such a good show. Really good. Uh, hopefully, it t- comes back. Oh, and I've been reporting the numbers wrong. I've been reporting them in the millions, and they're in the hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yeah, like uh, so I, I like reported them as like five million. Or... Yeah, so yeah. it's you know because it's point five six. You know, whatever. This one had sixty seven six hundred and seventy thousand people watch it, not oh. six point seven million. Which, as I'm thinking back on it, it's like, yeah, that would be like the most watched show in the history of FX. Okay. Plus, because remember right. when we were reviewing Superman Lewis, it'd be like one point oh one for a million. Yeah. So, yeah, I apologize for that. I just realized I, I was. Um, recording those wrong. So anyway, but it, the viewership went up for the finale. So that's a good thing. Anyway. All right. <laughs> now it's time for the main event. Do we have to? Uh, you made me watch this show. So yes, you have to. <sighs> Fine. All right. So Ahsoka... Season one, episode three, uh, out of five, holy shit, the plot armor got worse. Sis, what do you give this one? Uh, I, I'm changing my what I did. It's 2.15 okay. out of five. Okay. I went 2.10 out of five, uh, only because I did not feel like giving this negative numbers. Um and I think even a one is kind of bullshit. It looked nice. I will say it looked it looked much better than the first two episodes. Um, I thought it was pretty gross that they do all of their training, stomping all over what is uh, eventually becomes their kitchen table. Um, and that was it, gnarly. If anything, um, Rebels is one hundred. Rebels and most of Clone Wars are a hundred percent required viewing at this point for this show which i think is a huge mistake huge absolutely huge it's, yeah, a, we, it's a huge mistake yeah that's and that's the thing where we talked about that in the first episode you can't assume especially with a show like this that's divorced from all the other shows just mm-hmm. assume that people know everything yeah you can't do that and this episode it, I'd like, like you said, it looked really good. Um, the epic, and I'm using that in quotations because I saw a couple of sites call it this. Mm-hmm. The epic space battle uh. was, I will say this, it was okay until it became 
a farce. Okay, a, I would say anyone who called that an epic space battle, I quite I would ask if during the Last Jedi they called that an epic space battle because that was the slowest space chase in the history of all cinema and television, and this was very similar. Explain to me why these these planes are in space. The or the you know the well in all right one they're flying General Grievous's spaceships. Stupid. Um, two, they make passes at Ahsoka's ship instead of just like you're in space. You're in space. You can go all around it. Um, two, uh, they tried to recreate Star Wars with this one, and they failed miserably with the whole Millennium Falcon thing. Three, she goes out on the wing with the lightsabers, and instead of just shooting on the other side of the fuselage of the spaceship that has the rotating wing. They shoot at her. So we had a little bit of a minor hiccup there. Uh, Daryl, like, why are they not shooting on the other side of the ship? Why are they shooting at her? It, it makes no sense. So, and then, all right, it, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. It, it just doesn't. And again, I, I'm not, I didn't think about that until now. Yeah. But it reminded me of that scene in Rise of, was it Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. I think it was Rise of Skywalker, or was it Last Jedi? I mean, the yeah, Last Jedi the is two. the slowest spaceship battle in all time of all time. So yeah, it has so. to have been Rise of Skywalker, where that uh, Imperial fighter came at uh, Ray, and she did the space. You mm. know, she did the Jedi flip over. That's it. right, and that's, that's what they right. were. That's what they were going for. Oh no, Ahsoka. that was when Kylo Ren was like flying at her, and she did the flip. Yeah, the flip to do. Yeah. So Ahsoka yeah. obviously taught her that. Yes. From beyond. Um, and yeah. Again, I I initially thought when we got Ahsoka in the you know, the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. you know Boba Fett, whatever, I thought Rosario Dawson was you know, I was like, you she know, really what? good. Really good. And again, I don't know if it's Ahsoka or the fact that Hera and Sabine, they act the same way. Yes, they're all this stoic type of character that they were not. Right. So in rebels. All right. So I made the mistake and listened, like, because I don't like listening to the reviews before we talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I made the mistake and I listened to the film threat review just because it was at the gym. I needed something anyway. So yeah. Chris Gore and Alan made a really two really good points. One, the female actors that are the core of this show all lack gravitas. Yes, they are. They are not engaging actors like the way Alec Guinness was, where he could read the phone book to you and be like, yes, please let me let me listen to more of this. Um, Mm -hmm. So so that that's part of it. And two, Star Wars does not know how to do television or Disney does not know how to do television because they do not understand the idea of a cliffhanger. They don't know what a cliffhanger is and they don't know how to end in a cliffhanger. And again, what we were we were talking about the rise and fall of the MCU. This is the same thing. They do not know how to do this. They right. they don't. Right. They don't. Right. They. So. <laughs> anyway. All right. And so yeah. the show sucks. It 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 should have like it was the shortest show. Um, we are giving the show one like we're gonna watch next week, but we might not review it. We might just actually. You know what we should do is we should re- do number four regardless. And if mm-hmm. number four is bad, then we'll just wait and we'll do 
in four weeks, we'll just do the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I'm down with Just that. for the symmetry of it. But this show is mid-AF. Like, it is, it is like, like, mid is what this show's ceiling is, actually. Like, we're not going to see Thrawn until the very end of the season. No, we're not. We're not going to know what happens to Ezra at all this season. And that is I a huge mistake. Yeah. I get frustrated more when a show is like this. that It is mid to bad, mm. but it's not terrible. Like, again, She-Hulk is terrible. Yeah, terrible. That's an example of a show. Terrible. Secret Invasion is a show that's terrible. terrible. Obi-Wan is a show that's terrible. terrible. Like, not And Obi-Wan had twice the people watch it than this did. Yes. Twice. Two yes. X. Which... I don't know how it'd be one. I, I would like to know Obi-Wan's numbers from episode one to six and how it rose or fell. Yeah, I don't know. Because that show was god awful. Yep. But this is one of those shows. And again, maybe because like the like parts of Clone Wars and specifically Rebels is really dear to me, how, mm -hmm. how much I love the characters in those those shows. That this is more frustrating because you know the quality is there. You know the the I'm I'm not the quality, but the potential is there. Yeah. Oh, and, and just on the last note, like, because like, we, we need to wrap up, but just on the last note, uh, we were introduced to Jason Sandula with no context to who he is and why he's Hera's son and why he's not a Twi'lek. Yes. That right there, the guy who's the heir apparent to George Lucas, who was George Lucas's Padawan, who is here to save Star Wars. Fuck you. Well, I mean, didn't Filoni have to get schooled in Star Wars by Sam Witwer on multiple occasions? Multiple occasions. You know what? I would be happier, even though like we don't necessarily agree with his politics, if Sam Witwer became the head of Star Wars. I don't think it would change in the identity politics, like forces female crap, because he doesn't have that kind of testicular fortitude to go against. Mm -hmm. But at least it would be consistent. Yes. So anyway, all right. On that note, thank you for putting up with us for 400 episodes. Thank you for listening to us for all these years. And thank you, Daryl, for being the best co-host I've had so far. You're very welcome. Note I said so far. <laughs> to, to, to quote Maui, you're welcome. <sighs> How dare you. <laughs> How dare you? Come on now. That was his best role. I mean, not going to argue. Anyway. All right. On that note, we'll be back on Friday. Well, we'll be back on Sunday. We'll hopefully be recording on Friday um, because I'm uh, like Daryl's girlfriend. I'm a football widow now, so I have to like beg for his time. <laughs> anyway. No, because she watches football with me. So <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway. All right. Well, we love you all. all right. We will see you or talk to you next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com 
and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.